everybody. You're listening to the 38th episode of the Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP, where we talk about baseball, drinks, dentistry, and everything under the sun. I am DeCarlo Calloway, alongside Dorian. On today's podcast, we catch a whiff of scandal in Colonial Virginia, watch the throwdown in Chi-Town between the Rays and the White Sox, assess the 2020 Euros being played in 2021, and are disgusted by harassment by athletes. So, of course, we will begin this episode, like we do all of our episodes, by sharing what it is that we are drinking while we are recording this beautiful this beautiful podcast. So, this afternoon, evening, morning, who knows? We, we won't tell you when we're doing this. Um, but if it's the morning, then we're really, really bad because we're drinking, and I'm drinking Kentucky whiskey. Buffalo Trace, of course, which I, which of course, if you guys listen, know this is probably my favorite bourbon, and I am drinking it on a melted ice cube because this is actually my second one. I'm a little bit toasty right now. It's quite nice and it's fun, but anyway, I'm gonna throw it on a Dorian. So what's up, my brother? What are you drinking this afternoon, evening, morning? Who knows? Carlo, my friend. Good to see you again. Good to talk with you. And I know you, you threw it over to me quickly because I know you wanted to gobble down some of that delicious, some of that delicious, uh, delicious bourbon. Whiskey, bourbon? I don't know. It's, it is bourbon. It is bourbon. It's from Kentucky. It's bourbon. It's from, it's, from, it's from Kentucky, so it's bourbon. Yeah, I, I actually had some of that. And I know I mentioned this uh, episodes ago. I actually had some of that on Thanksgiving of last year. It, it is it is good. I, have a, I didn't buy, my, I didn't buy a, a bottle of myself, but for myself. But I'm not drinking whiskey. DeCarlo supporting good American jobs in, in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And I'm supporting good American jobs in the Commonwealth of Virginia. Because today I'm drinking Palido de Mayo. It's a hellless lager from a 32-ounce crowler from Fairwinds Brewing Company in Lorton, Virginia. It's, it's very good. And today I want to share with you a story from Lorton, Virginia, from the olden times, back in the colonial period, about Lord, a church. I like Lorton. My, um, my, I have family who lives in uh, Fairfax Station, so I'd always pass through Lorton. And my grandmother, after she left New York, lived in Lorton. Whereas, actually, funny, anybody who's from Lorton knows that there used to be a prison in Lorton, and now they converted the prison to a bunch of condominiums. And it, it's really kind of funny because when you drive by there, there's no you, windows. Hmm? <laughs> No, they still had the watchtowers <laughs> up, but then it's like all of these like houses, townhouses and condos and stuff. But it's really interesting. Like if it's, it's, I will say when you have the opportunity to pass through certain places and you've seen how they've changed over a course of a generation, it's, it's, it's quite interesting to think, to think like, I remember as a kid passing through and seeing this like jail and jails closed and then expanding of townhouses and condominiums and all these other things. And just how it's changed so much from, say, like 1992 to 2021. So, yeah. What our resident real estate agent, DeCarlo, is telling us is that the Batman searchlights at the top of the former jailhouse adds value. And so you should quickly snap up some condos in this hot, hot market. But there were some hot, hot, salacious rumors and scandals back in Colonial Virginia in Lorton. I want to tell you about a place called Pohick Church. Now, Pohick Church is an Episcopalian church. Basically, is what the Americans say 
in England, you would say you're Anglican. So there was a, the first rector, the first leader of this Bohemian church was a man by the name of Dr. Charles Green, way back in 1735. And during his tenure as rector, he was involved in a major scandal. He was accused of sexual misconduct with the wife of Lawrence Washington. That, 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 should, that name should ring a bell, at least the last name. Lawrence Washington was the older half-brother of the man who, the, the founding father of, of America, George Washington. Carver. So, George Washington Carver is his niece, once nephew once removed of George Washington. No, no, no. You know, it's funny. I, George Washington Carver, I will have to, like, I mean, George Washington, pretty amazing guy, father of the country, yes. But George Washington Carver figured out ways to use the peanut. Like that's just dope, though. Like the peanut. Where would where would the state of Georgia be without George Washington Carver? Where would Thai food be without <laughs> George Washington Carver? That's Think true. About that. Now we're just talking nonsense. But <laughs> so here we go with this with the uh, sexual misconduct of this uh, of Rector Green. So Lawrence, who's a proud, angry man, he, he demanded that Dr. Green leave his post as rector of Pohick Church because, frankly, this is uh, uncalled for. This is unbelievable. And Green said, I didn't do it. I am going to, I'm suing you for slander. What is this like? What is the, those tabloid newspapers now that you, you see in the checkout of the supermarket? Well, the, the National Na Enquirer. The National Enquirer. And stuff, yeah. Can you imagine? This was the colonial version of National Enquirer. Enquirer. So Dr. Green said, I, I, I'm suing you. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, uh, I'm bringing a countersuit against you. And I demand an ecclesiastical. Ecclesiastical. That that's what he demanded a trial because ecclesiastical <laughs> isn't in the civic court of law. It is the the law of God, which the law, the law of God, the law. If you ever watched The Handmaid's Tale, it was just one point. It was just like which law, the law. It was just, oh, that's right. Doctor Rector Green, he was he he wanted his judge to be the Almighty, and so this this trial actually took place at a college of William and Mary down in Williamsburg, Virginia, a great school town. Yeah, and that, it actually took, it started on the 6th of November back in 1745. But while the trial was going on, the governor of the, what do we call it? Not the state of Virginia, but the governor of Virginia back then. The Virginia William colony. Gooch, the Virginia, yeah, the governor of the Virginia colony, William Gooch, he stepped in and ordered Dr. Green to drop his Gooch countersuit. Gooch? Like, well, I'm whatever. Gonna go with the, Gooch. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with the governor. So the governor stepped in and he said, Rector Green, you better, you stop this countersuit against Lawrence Washington and I'll let you stay as rector of Pohick Church. And I'm sure Dr. Green was thinking about this and he was like, you know what? Maybe maybe the Lord doesn't need a judge because Governor, Governor Gooch stepped in, everything was swept under the rug. Uh, George Washington continued to go to Pohick Church. Um, you know, and then unfortunately, this was the beginning of big government interfering in the in, in in the courts of law i'm joking this was like 250 years ago but anyways forget this big government overreach at the end of the day dr green stayed as rector for 20 years a respected member of society and george washington remember lawrence washington's uh half younger brother he actually served as an executioner of uh, executor executor of his will he didn't george washington did not execute dr charles you mean green. executor executor 
Who's been drinking whiskey before this? Is it you or me? I I haven't been drinking since before the podcast, but you have. Well, I mean, I think maybe my vapors like hit you right now. Yeah. So thankfully, there was no scandal. Doctor Green didn't R U N N O F T with Anne Washington. uh, That being a line from one of my favorite movies, uh, "Old Brother or Out Thou." So she didn't run off with him, but. You know what's really funny? If you think about, like, back to, or even, it's not even so far, but just how people would try to rationalize, like, affairs. And it's like, oh, this man or she was overtaken by his charm and stuff. <laughs> man, she wanted that. Exactly. She wanted to do. Exactly. He wanted to give it to her. Y'all got caught. Or you knew about it and were mad. Or it's just so messed up, man. Like, yeah. it's, it's so, it's, it's funny. I can only imagine how bad it was back then, though. And I'm surprised it didn't go into a duel, though. Yeah. That's I mean, a, some uh, dudes were just straight up. Like, Alexander Hamilton, when people got him on it, he was like, yo, you know what? Yes, I was I was, I was, was messing with Shorty. This is what happened. But I'm not corrupt. Those payments, they were going from my personal account to that woman's husband because he was allowing me to do Like, he did that and blew it all up. And I'm just like, wow. You know what? Okay. So they were doing some freaky, freaky things back in the colonial times of uh, the U.S. or whatever. The colonial times of colonial Britain or whatever. It doesn't matter. Colonial America. Colonial America. Look, people, drinking makes you do funny things. Sometimes not so funny things. And also mispronounce things. And mispronounce many, many words in the language of English. But we we want you to send us a picture of what you're drinking that makes you do funny things, not scandalous things that will get you kicked out of your own church. You send us a picture of what you're drinking this summer at our Twitter handle at HBP4040 and tag your picture as HBP drink. So I'm going to take one more drink before I talk about the boys of summer, the sport of summer, the, 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 the sport of the name of this podcast, baseball. I want to tell you guys about a series that just ended between the two best teams in baseball the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Chicago White Sox. This is the throwdown in Chi-Town that just concluded. These two teams are probably, right now, they're on the trajectory to be uh, meeting up in the playoffs to probably go to the World Series. They just played three games. The White Sox won two out of three, which was, they were playing at home. It was not surprising. It's just a really good series. On the 14th of June, the Rays won the the, the opening game of the series 5-2. Great race running by the White Sox outfielder, Ludi Garcia. He was standing on third base, and he saw that Tyler Glass now threw a ball straight into the dirt. And Garcia, he he jumped. He ran as the ball was hitting the ground. He wasn't planning on stealing. A lot of players, they'll see the ball hit the ground, and then it bounces up, and then then they'll run. But he just – it was almost like that old British – runner who go who says i start at the b of bang he saw that ball hit and he was gone it was great great eye great recognition and the um what do you call it the white Sox scored and what happened what happened after that wasn't so great because tyler glass now he's the stud right-handed pitcher from the tampa bay rays he's he's he's, he's been in the, the slow conversation of cy young 
he left in the bottom of the fifth inning with a right inf elbow inflammation. Turns out he has a partially torn URL, which, as we all, as baseball fans, we know, means he would need he would need Tommy John surgery. URL. But is, isn't it that his that his website like handled it? Is it the, no? It, it's um, <laughs> man, come on, man. It's uh, <laughs> I'll just message you. I'm a little direct where you are. <laughs> so, anyways, um, yeah, he had a slight. He has a, he has a partial elbow tear. So what that does is a lot of the time people will be like, oh, you know, we got to get this guy to, uh, we have to give him, we have to do the, uh, it's a UCL, not URL. Sorry, people. See, <laughs> I don't, see I, you is, know what? I knew I wasn't off. I was like, something's uh, wrong there. I think you transferred all those drinks to me. because I, I really did. Seriously. I don't, man. We, I'm going to keep drinking and eventually I'll get better. <laughs> or at least in my mind in my mind i'll sound better yeah. so anyway and, 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 and in like reality it's like no no exactly i don't, I don't uh, uh, this, this episode 38 is gonna be very very special people yeah. but anyways so unfortunately tyler glass now had to leave he now has a torn new uh ucl um he's gonna be out for a long long time which is a big blow to the race as uh, as the team now with the second best record in baseball I want to highlight the Rays bullpen in this series was amazing. In this game on the 14th of June, the bullpen ended up pitching five innings because, of course, Tyler last now left uh, injured. They pitched the combined five innings, only gave up two hits, no runs. On the flip side of that, the White Sox bullpen lost them this game. They ended up pitching a total of three innings, gave up three hits and two runs, one of them earned. The very next night on the 15th of June, the White Sox shut out the Rays 3-0. In the bottom of the fourth inning, with two outs left, the Rays are about to close out, go into the bullpen, and come out for bats at the top of the fifth. The Rays left fielder, uh, Randy Rosarena, he threw home. Somehow, someway, the ball bounced, and it went right through uh, the Rays catcher, Francisco Mejia, right through his legs. It was like watching cricket, you know, like right through the wickets. That what that error happened when Mejia let it go through his legs, not one, but two White Sox scored on one error. So and I just told you the, the, the White Sox won three, nothing. So they the raises almost gifted them two runs, but you know what? The good teams take advantage of opportunities that the other team gives them. So Liam Hendricks, the great reliever for the White Sox, he strikes out the last two batters end of the game. But again, the Rays bullpen was solid. They pitched a total of three innings, gave up one hit, no earned runs. And of course, Dallas Keuchel, the left-handed left pitcher of the, the White Sox, he's the one that shut out the Rays. He pitched seven innings, four hits, five strikeouts, no earned runs. So here we go on the, fifth, on the 16th of June. The White Sox won eight to seven in 10 innings. Let's have to go to extra innings. Here's the problem. The White Sox had leads in this game of four nothing, and then they had another lead of seven to two. I just told you they won eight to seven. That means their bullpen screwed up royally again. I, I, it, it was it's disconcerting. I love watching the White Sox. I love watching the Rays, but the Rays bullpen is much better, much better than the White Sox outside of uh, Liam Hendricks. The White's I, I I don't know. We'll see. It's still early in the season. Not really early, but. There's still a lot of games to be played. So the, the Rays bullpen, they ended up 
air quote, losing this game, they pitched a total of three innings. They gave up two hits and one run. And that one run, obviously, being the Yasmani Grandal single that brought in the winning run for the, the, the Grandal, the, the catcher of the White Sox. So I was really even more impressed by the Rays' bullpen, go pitching all these innings, pitching every day, and only giving up one run. And frankly, they didn't really lose it because they, they managed to come back down 4 nothing, and the Rays managed to come back again down 7-2. to two. So cheers to the Rays. And this was a really well-played series. Right now, the Rays have the second-best record in the Major League Baseball with 43 wins. And 26 losses, and the White Sox have the best record in all of Major League Baseball with 43 wins and 25 losses. So this was a, this was a good, good week for baseball. And I was actually happy to see that all the uh, – Chicago does not yet allow maximum capacity to the games. But for, for a series that was played Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there were big crowds. I think right now the, the maximum capacity at the, in, in the city of Chicago is, I think it's like tw- around 24,000. Yeah. And these three games, they had a average of about 19,000. That's a lot considering this is not a weekend series. This is the yeah. smack middle of the week. So the people in Chicago are excited. They know that this was a big series. And next but week. Hey, but hey, people, you know, a lot of people still collecting unemployment, getting that extra benefits. No, it's true. But I mean, even even then, it's a mid, it's a midweek series. Like, you know, it's hard to be going out at seven o'clock at night on a Tuesday if you have a family or if you have other commitments. You have but if school. you don't have to wake up in the morning, please, people will do whatever they want to do, whatever they want to do. It That's true. What commitments they need. And, and you got to remember, baseball's back. Everything is kind of back now. So people are more inclined to do these things and do whatever it is that they want to do to be around people. And going to the ballpark on a beautiful spring summer day, you can't really com- you you can't complain about that. It's it's a really great experience. Day drinking and baseball, a pretty good combination. <laughs> Just yeah. don't drive people. Take a take a cab. Take a take damn a Uber. Bus. Oh my god! A, no, seriously, it's take funny. Maven. Take Lyft. Yeah. Take a you yellow cab. It's funny that you you mentioned black that car because unfortunately there was Walk. a it was recently Bro. no it was really really like interesting you mentioned that because recently Lime scooter there was a a, a Lyft driver who unfortunately was killed by a drunk driver. And I'm like, you idiot. Like, you could have called that Lyft driver to take you home. Like, <laughs> it just, in in this day and age, it honestly makes no sense. Like, it really doesn't. It, it really does If you are the slightest bit inebriated and you drove someplace, take an Uber. If you if you don't have a friend's couch or or some or some place to rest your head, take a cab. Then take a cab or whatever. Then take it back to your car because the amount of money that you spend in that trend, like in that period of time, is going to Nothing. be a lot less than what Nothing. you Nothing. I would be. Core cost, or insurance, anything. Oh my god! Like honestly, it's just it's I need not your job. It. It's just not yeah. worth it. It really isn't. And it just, it really, it just, it isn't. Yeah. But what is worth it is next week, another big, big series. The Los Angeles Dodgers go to San Diego to play the Padres on the 21st, from the 21st to the 23rd of June. People, you like baseball? You, you've heard of baseball. Watch part of this series. Watch a game. It's going to be great. They had an awesome series back in May, and it's good. They're, they're renewing their rivalry. This will be this will be must see TV for next week. 
but I kind of had the feeling that the Padres were probably overlooking some of their some some of these games leading up to the Dodgers because the last ten games the Padres have won two games out of ten, and the Dodgers they've been they've won seven of the last ten games. So, but maybe it doesn't matter. It could be a great game. It's summer. It's baseball. We love watching competition, and there's also another great competition across the Atlantic. Yeah. And if we don't know what that is, it's called Euro 2020. So we've taken a time machine back to the year of 2020. Oh, my God. It's terrible. so no, stupid. No. Huh? It's so okay. stupid. Why don't you just call it the Euro? No, the because they're keeping this. No, because you know why? All of that money that's been invested in that name. They need to, they need to squeeze that. Squeeze it. So um, I know. I think it's kind of dumb. But also because you know all of these tournaments are they're created sequentially, especially with even numbers as opposed to odd. But it's Euro 2020. And the fun, the crazy thing, it's not funny, but the crazy thing is, is that it has 2020 vibes <laughs> since it begun. Because for one, before we even talk about the teams and how they're performing so far, we're just going to just highlight some of the big things that have happened. So for one, on the first day of competition, Unfortunately, we have well, – no, it was the second day. It wasn't even the first day. It was in the first, like, week. Because the first day, Italy beat Turkey, and that was not a surprise because, unfortunately, the Turkish national team is not the best in terms of uh, playing. And you know what? I always find it, quite find it funny that Turkey likes to be – well, economically speaking, it makes sense to, to play in Europe as opposed to, say, like, Asia and, and when it comes to soccer. But anyway, different. Um, I digress. But Italy won that game. But unfortunately, on the second day, on the first weekend, you had midfielder for Denmark, Christian Eriksen, who's a midfielder for Inter Milan, who suffered a cardiac arrest right before halftime. Like, totally not expected. If you, you think, especially like footballers, they're some of, they are the most conditioned – like really all together athletes, especially with all the advances in, in modern day sports medicine, you wouldn't suspect a 29 year old man at the prime, like top peak prime of his career, suffering a cardiac arrest on the field, but he did. And it was crazy because I remember like watching, did you, did you watch that Dorian? I didn't. I watched another another European Championship game, but a match. But I didn't watch this one. But of course, I heard about this. It was all over the news. It was sports news. It was a normal news. It, yeah. it's incredible that this young man would have cardiac arrest. Yeah, and it was it was really crazy just like watching it because you did, I didn't see him actually collapsing, but I just saw the medics rush out there and then them having to do CPR and use defibrillators. And it was really like, oh my God, he's possibly like could die on the field. But thankfully he didn't. Thankfully they were able to revive him. And, you know, now he's in hospital, but it's, it's crazy how that like started it off. But then you also had a lot of other crazy things kind of happen. So Austria playing North Macedonia, which not really a game you're going to find many people watching it. Sorry, no, no offense to, the fans of North Macedonia or Austria, but they really don't have many like soccer players people know or even want to watch. But um, they had Marco Anatovic, who is a striker for Austria. 
came out and allegedly just he directed racist language towards North Macedonia fans, which there's a lot of like other things because even though Marko Anatovic pays for Austria, he's of Serbian descent, and there's a lot of like back and forth type of thing that goes on between them. Also, the whole North Macedonia, it's completely new country that came about a couple of years ago through an agreement with Greece, I believe, because Greece, Greeks, especially in like Thessalonica, want to claim their lineage because Alexander the Great, that's one yeah. aspect, and then Macedonians want to do the same thing. So anyway, but that was another incident. And then we had a situation yesterday with probably the biggest game that was played this, this week, which was between Germany and France, where the German defender and Chelsea defender, um, Antonio Rudiger, allegedly bit Paul Pogba. Yeah. When did this happen? I watched that match. When did that happen? It happened, um, what was it? It was, I think it was right after halftime, I believe. And it was like a nibble. He took a nibble at him. But they're like, cool. Like, Pogba didn't make anything big of it. But, of course, that, like, shadows back to Luis Suarez, the Liver- like former Liverpool forward, who is a great – he's a great footballer. But he's also a footballer who will do anything – and literally anything, like, bite you in order to try to get an edge on you. And so, allegedly, Rudiger took a bite out of Pugba during that game, which, if anybody who watched it, France, the defending world champions, won, won nothing off an own goal by the German defender, Mats Hummels, which, it was crazy because that game was actually well played, but it was not a free-flowing scoring type of game, which you wouldn't expect. It would be one of those games with whoever scored would win. Um, they're really the, the big player so far, I have to say, Italy. Italy recently, they just beat they beat Switzerland today 3 nothing, and they're looking pretty strong. But I will say one thing I do enjoy about Against the Switzerland. Well, I know, yeah, it's not really much of a, of a compliment. Their group is pretty weak, to be really honest. It's like you have Switzerland, Wales – um, Turkey and Italy, and, the hardest... South, and Southeast Spain. What? Southeast? I just made that up. Just... Oh, okay. Because yeah, I know there's like a lot of autonomous regions. In no, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of nobody. They're 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 in, a, they're in the the group is called a bunch of nobodies. That's that's the group that they're in. Yeah, but it'll be interesting. To no see offense like to our Welsh, Swiss, and anyone else I may have insulted uh, listeners. No, but it's it's been a good it's been a good tournament. England won their first game, and that was the first game they've ever won a European tournament. And they played against Croatia. They won one nothing. No, that was the first game they've won. That's the first first opening. Game yes, won. yes, yes, first yeah. opening game in a European competition that they've won. And so, but it was against Croatia, who back in two thousand eight. It's coming home, baby. It's coming home. It's really not. <laughs> it's probably not. Sorry. Um, Every, you know what it's funny? English fans always say that every single soccer tournament, because, of course, anybody who knows soccer, it was uh, founded in England. Well, it, the, the rule, the, the laws of the, of the game were founded in England. Yes. Yeah. Soccer comes from, I don't know, what, the, the, the Aztecs or something? I don't know. But they, well, they, but they codified up. the laws. The English codified the laws. And then they exported it as part of their colonial mission to spread Christianity and football. Yeah, and they won one World Cup, so you know, they that's, you can't tell one, them nothing. That's one. That's more, that's one more than the United States of America. So, yeah, but you know what? The funny thing is, I wouldn't be surprised if the United States of America doesn't win one within the next like ten years. You know what, my friend? 
we've been saying that since the 1990s. No, I was never and, saying that in the 1990s. Well, the U.S. The, team sucked. They no, no, sucked. No, no, no. They didn't have any good, like, their we players. We had Tony Miola. Tony Miola. Tony, he was a superstar oh, really? goalkeeper. Really? Tony the Miola? American League of the American 1994 World Cup team. And he also played for the New York, New Jersey Metro, Metro Stars. Stars. Yeah. Toby Ramos. Kobe Jones. I mean, he had dreadlocks. Hello. Yeah, but they, who, you know what, honestly, anybody. Uh, Alexi Lawless, he played for some random Italian club. Yeah, exactly. They were terrible. They were absolutely terrible. <laughs> I'm joking. But I, what I'm not joking about, DiCarlo, is that he, I'm telling you, I remember from the 1994 World Cup, everyone was saying, within 20 years, the Americans are going to win the World Cup. If they take this seriously, the Americans will win. With the resources they have, all the all the players, all the nationalities and ethnicities that they can draw upon, all the Latin uh, immigrants will become Americans. They're going to win one. It is now 30, 25 years later, 25 years later, and we haven't won Jack. No, but you know what I will say was different? And the problem that they didn't actually assess in this moment. It wasn't as though you had a comprehensive American league. And you, the, the best soccer leagues are in Europe. And Americans didn't know that. Now. Let me ask you a question. Yeah. Why do you hate America? Nobody hates America. <laughs> don't. So, yes, obviously the best leagues are in Europe. But. Americans didn't have access to watching those games. So they didn't really understand that. You had the few who would, expatriates who lived in Europe or in other parts of the world who saw the excitement and the culture that surrounded soccer. In America, it's not that. There wasn't a culture around it. And Americans, you know, let's be very honest. We're very, like, American, like, we're very centric in our own like ideas we watch our own sports hell we called baseball's championship the world series and the oh like it was there not is a, a team world in canada there mm -hmm. is there used to be two teams in canada now there's one yes but even so we called it the world series but we don't even include leagues from dominican republic cuba japan like we're so centric in our own ideas i mean we would crush them that's why everybody knows no that. but it's not a world series <laughs> if you're not playing against world teams. i'm joking like, people so so that's just kind of how the mentality is. But now that you do have a bigger presence, like you have the team, like best players who come during like the summer months and they have these North American tours, you, you can watch the games, you can stream the games on ESPN, NBC, all over. You have a, a fan base now. And now you have Americans playing in these leagues. You have, you have Christian Pulisic, who's an American captain, who plays for Chelsea, who's one of the top teams in England. You have other players who play for Germany because Americans then started to recruit like, oh, we have a large American presence in countries like Germany, in the United Kingdom. We need to sit back and recruit these kids. We need to recruit the, the kids who have dual citizenship in this nature. So now you have a competitive squad that can play. And in, two, what was it, 1998, they made it to the quarterfinals in the World Cup in South Korea. Which was that was so, pushing uh, above their weight. That was that was two thousand two. Ninety eight was in France. Oh, okay. Yeah, no. and we should have beaten oh, yeah, Germany. Yeah, Ninety eight wasn't. We should have beaten Germany in yeah. two thousand and two to get to the semis. But uh, one of their players, I forget who it was, did a blatant handball on the line, and the Germans ended up beating the U.S. I think it was one nil. So yeah. yeah. So they're, they're getting better. Excuse me. I, yeah, you're right. It was it was yeah. Ninety eight wasn't in France, and France won the World Cup that year. It was the two headers by Zidane in the final, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um, so 
you know, now Wait, that, so are we talking about the European Championships here, or we're we talking about uh, the 1954 World Cup in Switzerland? Well, we went all over the <laughs> Easy. place. It is what it is. But I would say now you do have solid players who play in top teams in top leagues who are, who are now populating the, the men's national team. They should be playing a lot better. And they did show some promise. Like I have to say in their recent uh, CONCACAF, what was it national like final game that they played against Mexico? That was a really really gritty match. Even though Mexico is not the best of competition, but it is a rivalry. They came back and they were able to secure a win and win the Concacaf uh, Championship. So the, look, the, Mex- the Mexican national team they may not be the best in the world, but they're they're legit solid. They make yeah, the they World Cup every solid. single time, and they always make it to the quarterfinals of the World Cup every single World Cup. They may not be they, – they can't break through the semis, but they're there. I, I don't remember the last time Mexico didn't even qualify for it. They're, they're a legit solid uh, squad every single every single tournament. So, they're uh, – they're, they're, we got, we have to get past the Mexicans before we can dream about beating the Spanish and the, uh, the English and the Dutch right, and the Belgians as well. Well, you know what? America played pretty and the well against Belgium. And uh, what was it? Uh, which World Cup was that? Not uh, the, 20... the, the 1754 World Cup. 2014. No, 2014 in South Africa. Because it was that game when Tim Howard, he had a, a lot of saves against Belgium. Mm. That, and I mean, Belgium that's not, like that. That's not a good thing, though, to have, a, to, have to have to do a lot of saves. No, but it wasn't <laughs> as though America, like the American team had very good defenders. It was like dudes yeah. who played in the English second di- division and stuff. Like, But, you know, they held their own. I'll give them credit on that end. And Belgium, like Belgium now is the top team in the world. But back then it was like a young Kevin De Bruyne and a young um, – Romelu Lukaku, and now they're in their prime. And Aiden Hazard is just like, I'm getting paid, and I don't really care to play anymore. So, yeah. So yeah, we'll see. What, we'll see if the Belgians can actually lift the the European Championship, the, the, the 2020 European Championship in the year 2021. Yeah, but the Portuguese is still hard. Ronaldo, I swear that guy defines. He defies like logic and physics. he's like the top he's the tom brady of uh, world football or tom brady is the cristiano ronaldo of american football yeah did you hear about how his snubbing of drinking coca-cola or even just having it present in a press conference like dropped their stock recently yeah I, i'm yeah people did it's this is not as big news as this poor erickson general Chris, christian erickson collapsing with a cardiac arrest but uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the star forward from Portugal, at the press conference afterwards, like De Carlo said, he saw Coca-Cola as one of the major sponsors as his Heineken. Coca-Cola is one of the major sponsors of, not HBP, of the European Championships. So uh, he saw that, he sat down and he saw that and he just immediately took away because Ro- Cristiano Ronaldo is a fanatic when it comes to working out and eating healthy and he took it away. And in Portuguese, he said, agua. I think it's, I think that's, that's water and agua. He just said in Portuguese, aqua. water, aqua, whatever. I don't, I, don't, I don't speak Portuguese, but he said in Portuguese water um, because he's, and then of course, then, uh, then the UEFA, which is the ruling body who puts on the European championships. They, they were like, Oh, they put out a statement saying uh, without Coca-Cola, we wouldn't have been able to put on the show we put on and give out the prize money and blah, blah, blah. Of course, they're trying to smooth the feathers of the people down in Atlanta, the city that George Washington Carver started, because 
UEFA wants that money. Some of the things I just said are not true, but you can. You know, you know. isn't it so funny how people <laughs> are so willing to just like kowtow? It's like people's egos are so soft. Like, oh my god, Cole Cross doesn't. But it is crazy. He did move markets though. So well, I don't. I, mean, I understand it, 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 in that they, they, moment they, you have to. You kind of gonna like. Please, I don't, sir, I Carl, I, I don't believe that. These are a bunch of sports journalists writing about finance and the markets. I don't believe them because there's like, oh, Coca-Cola's value dropped by $4 billion. It's a 1% drop in the stock market. And not, excuse me, not in the stock market, in the Coca-Cola stock. That's not exactly newsworthy that uh, uh, one stock moves 1% up or down. It's just you're... These sports writers are looking for correlations, co- correlations where they don't exist. Fake news. I don't want to say fake news. It's just no, no, but it's dummies. manipulation. It's it's yeah. manipulating. It's manipulating something to bring attention to another thing in order to amplify what it is that they want. Their voices and, and, in in, and, the, in the voice. So. And the last thing with that, the the big Coca Cola being one of the major sponsors of the European Championships. Heineken is also a big sponsor of the European Championships. And Paul Pogba, the man who DiCarlo had just said got, he got some part of his body bit on by some the crazy German defender. He had, Paul Pogba actually won Man of the Match award for the Germany Germany versus France match, and in after the game he accepted the Heineken trophy for Man of the Match. A few minutes later, he goes to the he goes to the podium to speak to the media. There's a Heineken <laughs> sitting in front of him. Paul Pogba is a practicing Muslim, and Muslims do not drink alcohol. And so he took the Heineken away and he put it down like on the floor or something where it wouldn't be seen with him in front of it. The weird thing is that, you know, Monsieur Pogba, you accepted an award with the name Heineken on it, smiling and everything. You can look this up, by the way. I'm not making this up. Paul Pogba, man of the match, Heineken. He's there he's smiling with it. He goes to the press conference and there is a non-alcoholic Heineken. Cause you know, I don't, if people that watch some, any sliver of television, especially sports, Heineken is really pushing this non-alcoholic Heineken. One of the commercials is uh, one of the F- Formula One drivers, I forget who, and him and his dad are like going out on a night of town and his dad wants to drive him everywhere. And then this Formula One driver like turns the bottle around and he points at it. It's like, oh, it's one of the non-alcoholic ones. And so his dad throws him the keys again so he can drive. Paul Pogba was, his heart was in a good place. But the reality was that the Heineken in front of him was not, didn't have any alcohol in it. Unlike this mug of beer or unlike that drink that DiCarlo's polishing off again. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, everybody wants to do their thing to raise attention to it. So, you know, I applaud him for trying to uphold his morals, but I think he was also just trying to, you know, direct some attention his way. Yeah, and this summer is the perfect time to direct some attention your way, my friend, because this is the time where people can actually come out, people are getting vaccinated, things are opening up. And this is the time that we can be playing music in our cars, on our boom boxes, in our Walkman. And this is where, speaking of sponsors, our show sponsor comes in, Specs Music. All the summertime jams are waiting for you at Specs. You want that hot new Will Smith 
Summer, summer, summer time. Find it at Specs. You want that new Cristiano Ronaldo poster to put on your wall that fills up all of your room? Find it at Specs. You want that new Sony Walkman that just came out with the hottest cassette from Motley Crue? Find it at Specs. Remember you go Motley Crue, really, bro. My friend, I I just read the copy. I don't I, I don't make it. I don't make this stuff up. Specs music. All the summertime jams are waiting for you at Specs. Cheers to them. I mean. Specs gives us the money to buy these delicious drinks that we drink. But going into our last segment here of grow a beard and go into hiding. We're talking about harassment. We, we started the show with Dr. Green allegedly having salacious relationships with Ann Washington. But that seems like it was consensual, as DiCarlo had pointed out. That was colonial times, but not in now times, contemporary times instead of now times, we'll go with contemporary times. Or not present? That too. What the, the, there's, a, there's a big, I don't want to say there's a big problem. There's a problem, but the new parts of this is there's actually been an airing of, of, the, of these of these issues because before they probably weren't reported. Now we're in a different era. We're talking about sexual misconduct of the kind from our modern day athletes. You know, I'm talking about the former manager of the New York Mets, Milky, Milky, Mickey Calloway. I'm talking about the Brazilian football superstar, Neymar. And I'm talking about the still current, probably future former Atlanta Braves outfielder, Marcelo Zuna. Mickey Calloway, we've talked about this guy a lot on this on this podcast. We talked him about we talked about Calloway back in episode twenty one. We talked about Calloway back in episode twenty eight. He the Los Angeles thought the Los Angeles Angels fired him as their pitching coach recently because of his sexual misconduct. And ML, Major League Baseball put Calloway on the restricted list, meaning he can't he cannot be employed by a major league team this season or next season. It won't be until the 2023 season. There's no reason to go over all the things that he did because, again, it's been documented and we've reported some of that here. Report is the wrong word, you know, but we've shared that with you on various episodes with the issues with the New York Mets. I want to talk about Neymar. He's the, he plays. He's not playing in the European Championships. DiCarlo, is he playing in the Copa America? Because right, because he is. Because as the Europeans are having their European championships, the Latin Americans are having their Copa America. It's not really Copa America, is it? Sometimes they invite some countries like Mexico. But anyways, the point is that there's another national soccer tournament in South America called Copa America. And Neymar's playing for Brazil. His club team is in France, Paris uh, Saint-Germain. He was dropped by Nike. Speaking of sponsorships, Nike... Heineken and uh, Coca-Cola and Specs Music. Neymar was he, Neymar was a client, if we can say that, of Nike since he was 13 years old. Can you imagine being given money and given all the free 
cleats, shirts, anything you wanted since you were 13 years old because you were so good at one thing that Nike said, we're going to give you a gazillion dollars every single year. And that's what happened. This guy's now, I think he's like 27, 29 years old. He's had a lifetime contract. I don't say lifetime contract, a lifetime relationship with Nike, but Nike dropped him last year and they were very quiet about it. They dropped him because back allegedly back in 2016, in the summer of 2016, Neymar was in Manhattan, in New York, for a revealing party for his new shoe, new cleat, whatever. And that's when he allegedly stripped out naked. He wanted a female employee from Nike to do things with him. And she obviously did not want to. And she followed her down the hallway in his birthday suit. As you can imagine, it's a very, very unpleasant episode. So she Why complained. Did this thing? Cool. So obviously she complained. And then this was back in 2016. This is before Me Too. So they were trying to keep it quiet because they're like, let's, let's be honest. These, these big organizations are like, we're going to take the side of our superstar guy who brings in tens of millions of dollars a year versus some employee of the public relations arm of Nike. Not right, but that's reality. So finally, Nike said, okay, we're going to investigate this. They hired a law firm, Cooley. It's a very big, famous law firm in New York. And to investigate these allegations, Neymar refused to cooperate with Cooley. They wouldn't meet with them. They wouldn't talk with them. And that kind of, that basically forced Nike's hand. They're like, if you aren't willing to talk about these allegations, then that's, that's a really, really bad mark. That's very, very suspicious. And they ended up dropping him. And um, these are things that you don't normally do if you have a superstar athlete signed in your books. But things are changing. Sometimes they're changing for good. In this case, it is good. And now Neymar signed with, uh, he signed with Puma back in September, 2020. Nike dropped him in August, 2020. The very next month, Neymar signs with Puma in September of 2020. And Puma and, and Neymar's team, you know, they, they do their, they do the usual PRBS of Neymar. I'm so happy to join a a historic brand like Puma, that friends Beckenbauer, that Maradona, that this, that, that, and the other, all these great players played. And now I'm a part of that family. I'm super excited. I think that's super BS to Carla. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, it's business. You need, it, it was shady, forced Nike's hand, but at the same time, Nike had no choice in that matter. You're not going to stick around with somebody, even when they are, in essence, kind of shielding you, but then it comes to a head and they need to do due diligence just by conducting a, an investigation. Then you're like, nope, not even going to participate. Then, yeah, they have to do that. Um, Puma, uh, I mean, it, whether it be Puma, Adidas, A6, Mizuno, whoever, they, Neymar was going to get a contract. So, and one. But, but you know, it, it's, it, it's sad that. In, in, in situations like that, instead of just, then it, it also breeds a level of like possible alleged guilt. Like when you're just like, you know what, I'm not even going to participate. If you have nothing to hide, then. Oh yeah, the, the optics are terrible when when they're like, look, we have a female employee who said that you you did this. We want to talk with you. Arms crossed, 
not not returning the calls, nothing. Those are bad optics. I know. And that and that it's like wow, like you know what? You pro you probably did this. So it's uh, it's it's unfortunate. And again, someone like that is. I can't even imagine getting into the mindset of someone like that who's been fretted and, and, and warshipped since he was he was prepubescent, to be frank, to be honest. Like you had a Nike contract at the age of 13. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. And then you think you can do anything you want. And so you try to do whatever you want with this but be email. You could though. See, the yeah, thing but is that people just be, yeah, but this I, this when no means no. So yeah. Anyways. But like, there's no buts. It is, it's sad. But it's just crazy how society builds up individuals and, and gives them and lavishes all the riches and privileges on them. And then these moments, and then usually, like, protects them, and then they're just, like, shocked. Like, where were the guardrails to begin with? You know who's gonna say Who's going to say no to someone like that? I mean, I mean, not like a woman. I'm saying, like, his handlers his family his friends everyone that that whose money depends on him no but that's the problem is that if you have good people around you like there's examples of individuals who have good people lebron james for example his team is stellar like he brought people and they grew up in akron and it wasn't as though you know lebron is lebron you know it's just like it, it's not that there is it's not as though there aren't examples of what you could do and how you can advise somebody on what it is that they can do. Because no matter how good an athlete, uh, businessman, whatever the case may be, every person is a human being with, with humanity comes a level of insecurity, comes those moments of wanting to have trust and wanting to have people who are going to tell you and keep it real with you. Like, you know, the hanger-ons shouldn't just like, you, they shouldn't manifest and there should be those people who are there to to keep them grounded to keep them sane so that they don't lose themselves and sometimes it's not possible because even the closest individuals are grimy and just want to make money because they know you know what i got this cash cow i'm not going to sit back and and i'm not i'm not going to stop this person because i i my my well-being and livelihood rests upon what it is that they do but at the same time, when you don't keep people like that in check, that also puts your livelihood in jeopardy as well. Because when they do act a fool, when they do lose themselves in their ego to believe and think that they're able to do whatever it is that they want with whoever it is that they choose to do, that that becomes problematic. So, yeah, it's Neymar. I don't want to say grow a beard and go to hiding because his punishment is going from one multi-gazillion dollar contract to another from Nike to Puma. But, but again, these are, Nike at least did the right thing. It took him a little while, but they got there. The last person I want to tell to go grow a beard and go into hiding is Atlanta Braves outfielder Marcel Ozuna. This was big news in the baseball world, and all of you who listen to this are the biggest baseball fans in the world. He was charged with aggravated assault because he threatened, he hit and threatened to kill his wife, Genesis Guzman. 
they, they he has a house outside of outside of Georgia, outside of Atlanta, called in this place called Sandy Spring. So the police were called, and as the the police officers arrived, the Sandy Spring police officers witnessed themselves Osuna grabbing his wife Genesis by the throat and throwing her against the wall. He was arrested, obviously, and I don't know where to begin, but. The Braves issued the Atlanta Braves issued a state a statement and they said, "quote We fully support Major League Baseball's policy on domestic violence, which stresses to the fullest that our society cannot and will not tolerate domestic violence in any form." End quote. This gets worse, people. Not only that, not only that the police were called because obviously there was just domestic disturbance going on. The Sandy, like I said earlier, the Sandy Spring police witnessed. Ozuna being physical and threatening to his wife. Right now, Genesis and Marcel, they are in the process of divorce. They have three children. She currently lives down in Miami. As I said earlier, Marcel lives just outside of Atlanta. Uh, he has he's he's out for about two months because uh, he broke a few of his fingers, um, and that this is why he was at home. This happened back on the 29th of May. The Atlanta Braves were on the road. He actually stayed at home because of this. And we don't know why she was up there because, like, like I said, I don't want to say they're, they're strange, but they're in the process of getting a divorce. It gets worse to grow. It comes out that almost a year to the day on the 29th of May, 2020, I just said in 20, on the 29th of May, 2021, Marcelo Zuna was arrested for domestic for aggravated assault. He's threatening to kill his wife. One year to the day, on the 29th of May 2020, Genesis Osuna was arrested and charged with misdemeanor battery because she threw an object at Marcel when they were home in Miami. Apparently, they were at a party in Miami. They got into an argument when they went home. Genesis threw something at Marcel's face. The cops were called. This, DiCarlo, when I read about not only what Marcel did to Genesis six weeks ago, but the toxicity of this relationship is horrendous. And they have three children, DiCarlo. I can't imagine when these things happen, that, what that tells you is that these two things are not independent. These things have occurred again and again and again, and it's only come to public and only the police have been called on these two yeah. incidents. But you know that this is a regular occurrence and their three children are regularly subjected to watching their two parents physically and verbally abuse each other. And it goes both ways. I am no way, any way condoning what Marcel did. And allegedly in the police report, Marcel got angry at Genesis six weeks ago because he took her phone. This, this sounds very uh, unfortunate relationship. He took her phone because he believed that she was having an affair. Uh, yeah, this is sure. so bad. It's so, this relationship in the Ozunas, these people, these two people do not belong with each other and they are ruining these three young children. Marce Marcel's a man. He's 10 20 times stronger than Genesis. There's absolutely no reason for him to be, no matter how upset, no matter his suspicions, maybe he saw evidence of this alleged affair between his wife and God knows who. There's no reason 
to hit and threaten to kill another human being, much less your wife and the mother of your children. Yep. Unfortunate set of circumstances, but, you know, you hope uh, people figure it out. Yeah, so, uh, again, Marcelo Zuna, he is facing uh, jail time. He'll get his day in court. Uh, it's you have sexual harassment issues, you have sexual misconduct, you have physical violence against a woman, and you have a woman who also is, she was arrested. You can, uh, it, it, uh, it, it, when I read about the, the Ozunas, I, I just shook my head and I'm like, those poor children, those poor children go having to go through that. Uh, but again, I'm not going to repeat myself. And on that bright note, we're going to tell you that our pets always bring us joy. Unlike sexual harassers, unlike sexual misconduct with between the rector of Pohick Church in Lorton, Virginia, unlike what Marcelo Zuna and his wife are doing to each other and to their kids, unlike what Neymar does. This has been a very lighthearted episode. We have cardiac arrests. We have... And allegedly, just Neymar's people, allegedly. Sure, yeah. Air quotes, allegedly. Our pets always bring us happiness, people. And so does drinking. And so does peanuts, invented by George Washington Carver, for those of you who remember. <laughs> Tweet us a picture of your beautiful pets bringing you joy and love and cuddles. Our Twitter handle is at HBP4040. When you send us a picture, use the hashtag HBPets, H-B-P-E-T-S. And now that is a wrap, everybody. We want to thank you for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast and give us a brew. You can find us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Oh, and Google Podcasts. Excuse me, forgot the grammar there. Please just make sure you just tune in. Forget it. I'm sorry. I've been drinking quite a bit today, so I am completely off and forget my script. But anyway, make sure you follow us on Twitter at HBP4040. And our drinks will be in the show notes. Make sure you join us next time for a brand new episode of HPP Hits Your Podcast.